Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Robots Radio presents. You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And we will be your lore master and lore mistress for the evening. We are we are talking we're talking some drits. We have already covered drits. We covered drits a few months ago. But I, I, it was always in the back of my mind like mm-hmm. one hour isn't enough for this character. No, and even at the time, like, well, maybe we should have done a two-parter. Even two hours wouldn't be enough for this character, because there are dozens of books of novels of this character, uh, the video games, comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. just so much to unpack, and so we are going to do exactly that. We are going to go through the Legend of Dritz book series. Uh, saga by saga or series by series you know the 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 entire series is broken up into uh, trilogies or quartets and Mm -hmm. so yeah so we're going to start off we're not going in in publication order for simplicity's sake we're going to go chronologically so we're starting with what uh what is book one um but it wasn't the first book published actually r.a salvatore who uh, wrote all these Dritz books, went back and 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 sort of filled in filled in the gaps after after the his first trilogy, which you know uh, introduced the Dritz character, and and you know and he became wildly popular, and he's like, oh, I I should write some more about this guy. <laughs> I so the, am ready to hear it. So the first book is called Homeland. So Dritz Duarden is born the third son of the tenth noble house of House uh Tenth Noble House, which is known uh the, let me start over. The tenth noble house <laughs> of Menzo Berenson. There we go. Hey, uh, you did got it. it, nailed it. Um perfect. 
So he is so House Duerden is the tenth noble house of Menzo Berenson. Uh, Duerden's ancient and more formal name is Dermin Naashes Bernin. Uh, the matron mother of the house is Malice Duerden, and uh, that and that's his that's his physical mother. His father, mother uh, this is Malice. Mother, oh. yeah, I know, right? It's gnarly scary uh his father (laughs) but this is unknown to him until the end of book one his father is the house steward and weapon master zach nefane oh so a a quick little um like backstory the drow culture is extremely matriarchal with Mm -hmm. men simply needed to a a fight and b procreate pretty much the only oh. positions that they hold as men in drow society right and so the third male child per drow custom is to be sacrificed to the spider goddess loth oh uh, we love her we do she's That's very amazing. aesthetically very awesome in execution yeah. very terrifying yes exactly so Dritz being the third-born son of House Jordan, this is to be his fate until. So we mentioned earlier that House Jordan is the was a tenth noble house when Dritz mm-hmm. was born. Almost simultaneously during Dritz's birth, his house attacked the fourth noble house, House Devere, and actually defeated them, causing Ooh. them to lose their place in the pecking order. And for House Jordan to actually move up to ninth. And it was during the chaos of this battle that the second born male, the second boy of House Jordan, Deenan, attacked and killed his brother, the first born male, the elder boy, Nalfane. So, yeah, yeah, right. That that sort of O is, is, you know, uh, acceptable, you know, in, Mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in... in normal sort of society um but and but normally uh in a normal society you know fratricide would be looked down upon but it's in the society of drow this type of ruthless behavior in order to move up in station is not only tolerated but it's almost kind of encouraged you know like that you're if you're seen to be like that sort of gung-ho then uh people kind of like like hey like maybe you have what it takes so kind of a kind of a killer be killed situation. A little bit, a little bit yeah. A... Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So okay. this action has two different consequences. So okay. Deenan is now the elder boy of the ninth noble house of Menzo Berenson, and Dritz is now the second boy, and as such oh. does not need to be sacrificed. Which oh, okay, so it's not just which order they came in, it's survival right. as well. Right. Surviving. Right. Okay. okay. And so it's it's interesting, you know, to know that um it was, you know, the the drow sort of like ruthlessness, uh mm-hmm. in particular House Duerden's ruthlessness that ends up being its undoing. You know, normally you said it's it's kill or be killed. And so yeah. usually that sort of ruthless behavior, that mindset, uh would, you know, would you know prove would um benefit them. But it, and, you know, and, you know, spoiler alerts for like a 30 year old book that we're actually going to cover later on. Uh, <laughs> but Dritz is essentially like, you know, because of what happens, sort of, you know, become like 
leads to the downfall of House Jordan. Okay. So, like I said, it's it's interesting, like the way the way fate works. So I'll say so. So meanwhile, as part of House Jordan's attack on House Devere, the wizard Gelrus Hanet, aka the Faceless One, and they call him the Faceless One because like he, it looks like his face is all melted off. Oh. Uh, attempted to kill Alton Devere. And this was um, as part of an agreement between the Faceless One and House Stewarden. However, uh, Gelarus's younger brother, Massage Hanet, uh, killed his brother, killed the Faceless One, and then almost went ahead and killed Alton before Alton struck a bargain with Massage. So... You know, Devere, and, and the thing with when uh, when a Menzo, when a house of Menzo Berenson attacks another house, mm-hmm. it, it needs to be complete and utter annihilation. They can, they have to basically kill anyone, and if there are any survivors, they have to be captive. They have to be, um, and when we see that later on, um, but you know, there no loose ends. Okay. Which, which Alton surviving is a loose end yeah and so massage is going to kill him you know un you know unknown to him like what's going on like what what started this in the first place but Alton strikes a bargain with him he says you know he's I'll tutor you in your magical studies you know under the guise of the faceless one like I'll pretend to be the faceless one while also attempting to determine who's responsible for my house's destruction and massage mm-hmm. agrees like hey like that sounds like a good idea because like he always kind of held it against his brother um his his you know spell casting abilities and yeah so he's like cool like i learned how to do that but he's still like you know he's also the kind of guy who would kill his brother and so uh <laughs> he agrees but he's like well we've got to you know like no one's gonna believe you're my brother if if you look the way you look so we've got to we've got to fix that and so he melts Alton's face with acid so that he appears to be the faceless one. Oh, they went all in, like all in. Man, it's awesome. Talk about committing to a bit. <laughs> uh, so small matter of note as well. Um, in his possession, Mason has a certain onyx figurine in the shape of a Black Panther. So okay. that is where we get uh, Gwen Ivor. So... Um, until Dritz is old enough to um, to begin training with Zachnafane, he's under the quote unquote, and I put in the notes, I put this in in quotations, the care of his sister Vierna. Uh, mm-hmm. Care most like you know, um, think like um, the Dursleys in Harry Potter. Like I mean, but mm-hmm. worse somehow. Oh, so the uh, Worsleys. The, there you go the worstly i'm so sorry oh uh, the puns they're never ending it's it's true and so it's virna who first begins to suspect dritz's unique disposition in regards to traditional drow society you know she's she's all in as far as like you know like this is what we do this is how we act this is how we think and dritz is like i kind of i'm not in i'm not sort of into that but he also is like very like strong-headed and masters the levitation spell much quicker than um than usual simply because he just doesn't want to quit and so right like she sees this sort of you know um kindness more or less in him but also like 
this like fierceness, this fierce fierceness mm-hmm. of will. So it's, it's, she's like not sure which is going to win out. So at 16 years old, Dritz begins training with Zach Nefane, not realizing the weapon master is his father. Uh, despite the obvious familial connection, Zach Nefane and Dritz also share a distaste, a distaste for the ruthless Drow society. You know, so the way Dritz feels about how messed up Drow society is, yeah. Zach Nefane shares those beliefs. And that causes their bond to get even stronger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Near the end of his training, a lesser house, uh, Kenduis attacks and fails to eliminate uh, another lesser house, House Freth. And so okay. their failure results in every member's execution by the ruling council. Like oh. I said, like this definitely, like you know, this is a this is a thing. Like if you attack another house, you you need to make sure the deed is done oh gosh so they're executed by the ruling counselor who summon demons to feast upon their flesh oh again all in and i love it i yeah so dritz is disgusted by this as any normal person would uh would be and his mother malice seeing you know his reaction uh magically disguises a goblin slave to appear as a drow and forces Dritz into battle with it before and and essentially, you know, forcing Dritz to kill what he what he thinks is another drow until the match until the you know the illusion right. wears off. And so that's sort of like, you know, if you're wondering like where Malice's, you know, headspace is at, where her heart is at, yeah. she's the kind of of mom who will make her son uh kill one of his own, you know, because he doesn't like the fact he doesn't like Demons. doesn't want the attention <laughs> doesn't on want him. demons doesn't want... eating um uh-huh. people eating people i mean i gotta i gotta say i agree with him hard I to disagree with grits hard, on this yeah, one yeah i'm i'm not uh not real big into demon feasts not so, my not my scene meanwhile alton is uh found by the matron mother of house hanette you know found out uh, but rather mm. than kill the imposter, she accepts Alton into her house and reveals to him it was House Duerden who destroyed his family. Oh. Uh, soon after, Dritz is accepted into Melee Magthir, which is the warrior school portion of the Academy of Menzo Berenzen. Okay. And here, the young here's where young Drow are indoctrinated with the Drow point of view, which is you know. Drow elves good, surface elves bad, Loth mm-hmm. good, Coraline bad. Everything right. that we have is good. Everything that they have is bad. We're uh, right. They're wrong. Right. This is the best way. Us against them. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. you know, Dritz continues to push back against. Like very um, critical thinking, Dritz is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his first year there was tough. You know, he found it hard to adapt to the drow way of thinking of just sort of like, you know, not making friends, you know, always looking out for yourself at the expense of others. Right. Uh, his second, third, fourth and fifth years, though, his superior swordsmanship wins him the grand melee, which is like a big like year end sort of um, excursion, sort of like. Uh, OK. Not adventure, but activity. And so many his... activities at the academy. Right. And in his uh, eighth year, during a patrol, 
manages to kill two hook whores single-handedly, uh, which is something that, you know, like people say, like even the great Zach Nefane, the weapons master of House Jordan, likely wouldn't be, you know, would be hard-pressed to accomplish such a feat. Ooh. So he's definitely earning a reputation. Right. Um, discovering Dritz is training at the Academy and thus separated from his family and his house. Alton decides that this will be that the, the young drow that that Dritz will be the first target for his vengeance. Like, so he wants to destroy the entire house and thinks like, I'll start off with Dritz. However, massage is able to dissuade Alton from his plan, telling him that the matron mother of house Hanet, Sinefe, has plans to quell the threat of house steward permanently. So mm -hmm. they're sort of like, you know, planting the seeds. Yeah. And so after nine years of combat training, Dritz begins six months at Sorsayer, the wizarding school of the portion of the academy. And looky look, who happens to be his tutor? None oh, other no. than Massage. Of course. It was actually Cinefe who arranged this so that Massage could more closely study his foe. But now that string pulling came with a catch that no harm was to come to Dritz while, you know, while doing this, you know, massage, you know, right. uh, you know, massage wasn't able to, um, or Alton wasn't able to enact any sort of plan that he had because of, you know, what massage had mentioned about Cinefe that, you know, she had other, right. she had greater plans at work and right. Alton and doing anything, right. Alton be. doing anything mm -hmm. would kind of mess that up. Right. So Massage was able to control himself. However, Alton could not. I mean, if if you felt someone was responsible for killing your entire family, uh, you know. Be hard pressed to not say something or act on at that. Yeah. At least say something, right? At least say something. So he attempts to kill the Duarden second boy. However, Guinevere, or Gu it's Guinevere, or I've also heard Gwenivere. Uh, mm. Gwenivere uh, saves Dritz. And massage sort of covers it up by saying, "Oh, that was a test. That was a, that was you know that was a test, and you totally passed." Uh, Good but, job, woo. Yeah, but Dritz knew he was lying, but couldn't really figure out why, right? And this, dear listener, is also the first meeting of Dritz and Gwen Iver. Hmm. So another six months. So he does the six months at Sorcerer, the wizarding portion of the academy, and then does mm -hmm. then six months at Eric Tenelith, which is the clerical school of the academy. And so a total of 10 years training, most of it, uh, you know, in swordsmanship, but, you know, uh, you know, a little dabble in, in, in the clerics in the clerical arts and in the spellcasting right. arts, but a whole full decade to essentially get you ready. So the most significant occurrence during this time at uh, Eric Tenelith uh, was when Dritz graduated and then refused to participate in um, a, a ritual mass sex activity. Oh. Um, ritual orgies. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Not going to yuck anyone's yum. That's what no. the drow like to do. That wasn't Dritz's scene, though. I wasn't into it. And uh, kind of like talks back. I think it's I think it's Bjorn. It talks back to one of his sisters. And she's like, you are not going to talk to a priestess of Loth like that. 
and takes him down to the drider layer and threatens uh threatens him with uh being turned into one of the creatures like creatures driders uh-huh. are like half drow half spider creatures mm-hmm. that have somehow um displeased loth and have been tra- transformed into like this barbaric creature it's and a so curse and a punishment dritz is threatened with that punishment uh should he defy uh you know his family once more two days later Dritz is part of a patrol group, which also includes his brother Deenan, as well as Massage and Gwen Ivier. It's during this time they raid a group of surface elves who they then mercilessly kill. And uh, again, Dritz, like obviously disgusted by the entire act. Yeah. But can't, it's, you know, he's, he has to think quickly because he can't show that he's disgusted by it and he can't. Just be like, oh, hey, you guys, have you can have all the fun. I'm fine. Like, he's expected to kill. Yeah. And That's so... part of the job, my dude. Right. And so he ends up... Um, he pretends to kill an elf child. Um, like, you know, um, smearing her own mother's blood on her and telling her to, to lay still. And so... Which is, like, which is gnarly. Like, everyone's, like... And when they come back they're like oh how the hunt goes like oh we killed a bunch of surface elves like i had three kills and i had this many and and malice sort of like oh what about what about dritz you know my my tender-hearted son what about him like only one and she's like oh only one huh and they're like oh yeah but it wasn't it was a child and she's very pleased by this oh right (laughs) so that's comforting lovely mother figure this act of mercy on Dritz's part actually causes House Duarden to lose the favor of Loth. Oh. Unbeknownst to them. Like they lose the favor and they and they're not exactly sure why. So House Hanette, uh the House Hanette matron mother Sinefe learns this, learns that Duarden has lost favor and immediately works to exploit uh exploit that. Uh of meanwhile, course. right, of course. I mean, like keep in keeping with drow society right it's very very brutal uh meanwhile zach nefane believing his son was you know essentially like just like the other drow and like and really like wasn't like himself at all uh and had you know and had killed an elf child challenges dritz to a sparring match with both realizing you know that it's actually going to be a duel and possibly to oh. the death Probably. Uh, but right but first uh, Dritz patrol group has to investigate activity elsewhere where they discover a group of Snirfneblin, which are deep gnomes. I uh, love the Snirfneblin. <laughs> so these deep gnomes are mining too far into drought territory. Of course. And in the ensuing battle, they summon an earth elemental who Dritz, with the help of Gwen Ivor, is able to defeat. Which so like already like he's defeated two hook whores by himself. He takes mm-hmm. down an earth elemental almost single-handedly. Again, like the reputation just continues to grow and grow. However, in the chaos of this battle, Massage decides this is this is this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And shoots and strikes Dritz with a lightning bolt, allowing oh. the deep gnome. Right. Yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna he's like, this is the time to strike. Right. Allowing the deep gnomes in their retreat to take the to take Dritz captive. Ooh. And so this, you know, was after all drought territory, so it doesn't take long, uh, and it's not very difficult for Dean and the rest of the group to track them down. 
Right. Uh, they track down Dritz. They save him with the help of Gwen Iver. And they mm-hmm. slaughter all the deep gnomes. Except for one. Oh. They leave one gnome alive. Belwar Disengold. He that was allowed to live. Name. It's It's great. It's really cool. He's allowed to live uh, and return to the uh, Snirfneblin city of Blingdenstone. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because Dritz is like, hey, like, let's leave him alone to tell of, you know, to tell the story, like, you know, of not, you know, to to be a warning to everyone else. You know, obviously, if, we, if everyone dies, then it could be, um, like, they might we not ever know. know. Right. Yeah. They might not ever find out what happened to him. And yeah, so that we last leave... guy's a calling card. Right. And so they're like, hey, that's a good idea. But Demon's like, I've got an even better idea. Let's do that but let's cut his hands off. Oh. So uh, Belwar has his hands cut off and sent back to Blingdenstone. Oh. So by this point, uh, House Duarden already knows that they've lost their favor and that a house is moving against him. And mm-hmm. so in order to discover exactly who is doing that, Malice and her daughters summon a Yaklul, uh which is a handmaiden of Loth. It's a lesser type of Tenari demon. Um, and they have four different uh, forms available to them. Ooze, gaseous, spider, and humanoid. And so... Ooh, they sound pleasant. They're disgusting. Definitely look up... I'm absolutely look up looking it up. Like live look, reaction. Oh, They look like okay. disgusting yellow melted candles. It is a demon candle. This is true. Yeah, it's uh, it's horrible. Everything about the drow is gross. <laughs> I mean, they are kind of yuck. LOL. Um, so the Yakul, um, they summon this this uh, this demon to reveal, who reveals that House Hanet is their enemy. And it's also at this point that you know that that that's revealed that Dritz sort of uh, puts two and two together and realizes that, hey, that wasn't a misguided or misaimed lightning bolt. Massage was trying to kill me. You know, House Annette is against us. And so, obviously, you know. They got to go. I mean, well, I mean, like, obviously, like, you know, he's trying to kill me. Right. And so, uh, with the knowledge that their hidden enemy is House Annette, Malice and other priestesses once again summon a Yakul in order to learn Cinefae's standing with Loth. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. So they they aren't sure that they've lost Loth's favor yet, but they do know a house is against him. It's when okay. they summon the second Yakul that they discover that a recent action by their mem- by a member of their family has invoked the wrath of the Spider Queen. Jeez. So meanwhile, Dritz and Zagnafane, they have their quote-unquote sparring match, uh, mm-hmm. and they fight ferociously until... They eventually each admit their secrets. You know, Dritz says, like, look, hey, like, you're all pissed off because you think I killed this elf child. I didn't. I just made it look like I did. And Zachnafane's like, oh, cool. I'm your dad. <laughs> so, I really like the uh, abridged version. I would yeah. like to see Dritz abridged. So if that ever exists, I'm in. And so watch it. Um Unbeknownst to Zagnafane and Dritz, Malice and her daughters have been scrying the entire fight and now know the exact reason that their house has lost favor. So they know that, you know, a recent action by a member of their family has invoked the wrath of the Spider Queen. Mm-hmm. And now they know it's the fact that Dritz didn't kill about or didn't lie about killing the elf child and in fact lied about it. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, Malice specifically orders all of the family to remain in the house steward uh, compound due to fear of an assassination attempt by House Hanet. Despite right. this, Dritz manages to sneak away, learning that Dritz has journeyed from his house alone. Massage decides this is the time to try. This is, you know, take two in my let's kill Dritz plan. Uh, but this time, the mage orders Guinevere to find and kill the young warrior. Oh. Instead, instead, there's a bond that is already, you know, started to. There was, there was all, there's like an instant connection in the bond, uh, you know, right. when the two met, and now, and the bond just gotten deeper and deeper as, as they've known, as they've grown to know each other longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of killing Dritz, the magical Black Panther aids him in surviving an attack from a cave fisher, and this pretty much cements their bond forever. Permanently. Yeah. Uh, this led to a battle against Massage and Alton against Dritz, who were both killed, and after the fight, Dritz makes a vow to never kill another drow again. He takes possession of the magical statuette used to summon Gwenavir, before returning to Menzo Berenson. Okay. And while this is happening, Zaknafane is confronted by Malice and her daughters, who explain that Dritz's actions on the surface um, have cost him his life. Like, she's like, we have to kill Dritz now because of what he's done. That's the only way that's going, you know, that's that's what's going to get favor back on House right. Jordan. Instead, Zaknafane volunteers to be sacrificed to Loth in his son's place, an alternative that Malice accepts. Because, you know, um, she's like, well, you know, from what I can tell or what I've heard, Dritz is every much the the swordsman that Zaknafane is. You right. Know, so I'm essentially swapping out, you know, father for son. And we still mm-hmm. have a weapons master. So cool. Uh, so Zaknafane is killed, sacrificed. Dritz returns mm-hmm. home uh, to find out that his family is preparing for war against uh, House Hanet has learned mm-hmm. that Zaknafane has been killed, has been sacrificed, and over, overcome with grief, he deserts House Duarden. And accompanied only by Gwen Iver, Dritz mm-hmm. leaves Menzo Berenson in search of a life outside of the city and the ways of the drow. I mean, that's a hell of a way to kick off a story. That is just didn't even ease in, just kicks the door in and... I, I mean, love it's, it. Yeah, it's, you know, and so like, it's interesting because like I said, these aren't the first books that were published. The first books that were published are the, what's known as the Icewind Dale trilogy. Yes. And in them, um, Dritz is more of a supporting character. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really, um, they're really supposed to be a vehicle for, for another character that R.A. Salvatore created. But mm-hmm. something about this drow character just appealed to everybody. And, and then at that point, it was off to the races. And so, like I said, Salvatore comes back, fills in some of the gaps in the history. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, it's, I, and like I, I read the I read these a, a while back. And so going through and, you know, going through the plot and, you know, figuring out like, you know, what to talk about, what not to talk about. I was like, oh, man, the, I forgot how great these books are. Like, I kind of want to read them again. <laughs> I mentioned it and I got a laundry list of what I need to read. Like, no, you're going to need to read all of these, but this is where you're going to start. And this is the order you're going to go. And it's like, okay. Okay. So I have several book reports due now. Um, 
<laughs> well, while Worth you're it. getting all that ready, let's go to the middle of the show so we oh. can thank our patrons. We can discuss some recent D&D news yes. and check out what the uh, DMs Guild has to offer. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show where we thank our patrons, talk about the latest and greatest in D&D, and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Uh, hit up the DMs go to see what kind of cool uh, homebrew stuff we can get into. Homebrew shenanigans. Yeah, Mary picked out a humdinger of a DMs Guild corner of the week pick. Like it's, it is gnarly. It is very cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, But first, first things first, let's thank our patrons. Uh, Thank you to all of our patrons that signed up on patreon.com slash DD lorecast. And this week, we want to especially highlight our $5 patrons, the apprentice tier, Daniel P and Jack. They are able to get uh, ad-free early episodes. They get um, Patreon has this cool thing where you can it has its own like special RSS feed, and so you you know bypass uh, Spotify, Apple, all that. You can put it into your own podcatcher, yep. and don't have to worry about uh, listening to ads. That's just the best part. It's ad-free, and if you are interested in joining them. Like I said, you can go to patreon.com slash D&D Lorecast. We also have a $10 tier, a $25 tier, and a $75 tier, each mm-hmm. with their own cool, specific, unique bonuses and perks. Uh, like $25 tier, you can join our multiverse famous patron chat of the patron roundtable of the month where we discuss, uh, we always have a fun topic to discuss. Uh, and that's going to be next week. And actually next yes. week, we're going we're going to do some monster rankings. Yes, I'm kind of excited. I have oh, everyone's had excited. the like I... hardest time. I can't choose. Of course I can't choose. Why would I be decisive about this one thing? Yeah, we uh I I mentioned I put the the message out to the to our wizard level patrons, you know, to let them know and they're like, "Oh, that's a good that's a good topic." Yeah. That's something. <laughs> like oh, I'm yeah. going to have to think about this. Because there's very and I said like you can go you can come at it from any different angle. You can talk about mm-hmm you know, the, your, your favorite monsters to DM or your least favorite monsters to, uh, to fight as, you know, as a player Mm -hmm. character and, and, uh, our patron text in start even mentions like, yeah, and there are certain monsters that I hate going up against when I'm a certain character, like a certain character class. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Some of them are perfectly fine with one class, but then you throw some of the other classes in there and it's just not not, not conducive. Not good. They pretty much like, you know, it's almost like they're like an anti whatever, like an anti rogue. Yep. It's like, oh, you're mm-hmm. about stealth. Well, this one, you know, has a, you know, um That's fine. I can see you through the fabric exactly, of reality. Like you cannot hide perception from me. of 25. <laughs> but yeah, so lots of cool stuff over on patreon.com slash D Lorecast t-shirts, uh, mugs, stickers, all sorts of fun stuff. Yes. So definitely check it out if you're able to. 
Uh, if you are not, but still want to support the show, you can definitely do so by uh, telling a friend, by leaving reviews mm-hmm. on Apple mm-hmm. uh, Podcasts or Spotify, um, interacting with us on social media, Twitter yep. at DD Lorecast, uh, emailing us dndlorecast at gmail.com, or joining the Robots Radio Network Discord and talking to us there. We're all like, I literally mm-hmm. always have it open. Same. I'm very rarely not on Discord. If you have a question, you know, if you have, if you need some advice, if you want to workshop something, you know, yes, yes, bring it up and you will, you will get, you will get the help you are seeking. It is very true. It's an amazing community. Absolutely love our, love our fans. So what's going on? What's new in D&D? Well, not a whole lot. Like there was a while where it was just like week after week of just news and news mm-hmm. and news. And so we're still we're just kind of like in the lull period. You know, uh, Spelljammers come out. People are still talking about that. Journeys through the Radiant Citadel. People are still talking about that. But now we're kind of sort of gearing up for Dragonlance at the end of the year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up D&D Beyond again. Like I said, they, they seem to be... Uh, transitioning to that as sort of their um their digital uh like, information hub basically right. like that is where you go if you want to hear anything and all the things D. they've got uh in just the past couple of days they've got uh a couple of uh new articles embracing villainy how to play an mm-hmm. evil character in dungeons and dragons yes. and cleric 201 the best magic items for clerics Oh, so yeah, so definitely some cool things to um to check out as far as like if you just want you know a little bit more information on on sort of like the the minutia of the mechanics itself or like a role playing you know, and then this was brought to our attention by the aforementioned text ten star mm-hmm. uh Yahtzee Dungeons and Dragons, a <laughs> Yahtzee version. It's the classic shake, score, and shout dice game, uh, but uh, it has a Dungeons and Dragons uh, like dice tower to. That's pretty cool to use. Yeah, and I he said uh, it should. I feel like it should be called uh, Yahtzee and D. Yeah, I feel like that's a missed opportunity there. But they didn't uh, have you on there, yeah. Didn't they have should you have, have me on stuff, they should, or at least I it wasn't my idea, so they should have techs on the mm-hmm. on their on their marketing team. Uh, but yeah, uh, I've actually never played Yahtzee. Is that weird? I, I well, I mean, I guess we're equally as weird then. I also have never Yahtzeed. Uh, but yeah, it's got uh like a the D and D logo, um, like branded dice tower. The dice have like owl bears, gelatinous cubes, beholders. Uh, it's on. You can find it at various places. We'll include a link to miniature the miniature market, at, um, you know, ad for it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's uh It's one of those like you know like, uh, like oh, your son or your nephew or your whoever your office secret Santa likes D and D. Here's something that they that they'll enjoy that they probably don't have. Yeah, I uh, did not know that was a thing. I'm not surprised by it. I didn't know that it was a thing. I mean, it does feel like I, if I'm ever going to play Yahtzee, then I definitely would want to play D&D Yahtzee for sure. 
buy it for when you're in the nursing home then. I, I guess so. I guess I'll buy it now and hoard it like a dragon until right. the time comes. That's what they do. And finally, let's go to the DMs Guild, the Dungeon Masters Guild, to see what kind of cool stuff, what kind of cool homebrew we can get into. Uh, this week, Mary, you uh, you presented this to me. It's a it's a humdinger. It is a it is a beefy boy is what it is. This is Crowns and Castles uh, from John Riley. I actually found this in one of the D&D groups I'm in on Facebook and he had posted it there. And I actually had a conversation with him about it before presenting it to make sure he was cool with it, which is always fun to get to do, to get to talk to the creator about it. Um, so Crowns and Castles is a 267 page um book that allows you to play D as an empire strategy game so it is zoomed out at forty thousand feet basically right you are getting to you're no longer playing as a single character you are in control of an entire realm that you create from scratch making decisions for its military economy culture diplomacy all of it the realm gains experience, they level up, you unlock new abilities, kind of a kind of a civ building type game right. variation of D&D. So you're going to do all of this, you can do, you know, co-op, player versus player, you can mix environments with a DM who guides the world's narrative and lets you attempt anything that you can dream of. So it's got so much stuff in here. There's 27 races, 37 sub races, um, with uniquely themed set of military units, 13 governments. There's backgrounds, extra skills um, for accomplishing your goals, things like recruit recruiting, researching, sabotaging, etc. Um, different types of buildings. There's resources for you to explore, exploit, trade, and develop uh, realm level spells artifacts, military units, just everything you could possibly need for doing like large scale war. So that end of game battle that every DM dreads going into because I don't know how to plan all that stuff. <laughs> Boom. Done. And it, yeah, it just comes with so, 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 so much for 20 bucks. It is a steal. Uh, yeah, this this reminds me a lot of the advanced D&D campaign setting Birthright, mm, okay. which um, is sort of like the same idea. It's where instead of like just individual player characters, you're controlling empires. And mm. like I I was never able to experience that, you know, when it came out. And I, I don't and I haven't been able to find anyone that, that's still playing it today. But it seems so cool, like, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, just having six you know or having just one character to play as right you're now playing as an entire realm as an entire mm -hmm. kingdom mm -hmm. and yeah I, I love it i think it's so yeah. cool in talking with him um he had said and it was it was one of the things that he had said that i thought was really neat he said i like thinking bigger with these games which to me means getting more people involved in the same space so the end goal that i'd love to see is a few people dming separate continents for a cnc game and then however many DMs running their own D&D games in that collaborative homebrew home world. So basically wants to bring as many people in as possible and use it as a tool to 
bring people together even more, which is just beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. And, um, they're going to, um, start developing and testing and adding rules for naval and airship combat. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and if you buy the, if you buy crowns and castles now, uh, you know, that will be included as a free update. So, which is very cool. So, yeah. So links to the D and D Yahtzee links to crowns and castles will be available in the show notes. Definitely check them out. Uh, yeah, like I, 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 I wish I could play it right now. It's yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Well, that being said, let's uh let's get back to some drow. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. Always ready for some drow. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, and welcome back. In the first half of the episode, we discussed the book Homeland, and we'll finish off the Dark Elf trilogy by discussing exile and sojourn so let's go ahead Mm -hmm. and just jump right into it so exile it is 10 years later um how the houses of duerden and hanette are still locked in war but without the blessing of loth neither house can fully destroy the other so they've just been going at it for a decade back and forth for over a decade now and loth is just watching it happen just watching it uh, and it's not until House Duerden employs the houseless Jarlaxle and his mercenary group, uh, Bregan Deerth, that they're able to finally vanquish Hanet, which moves Duerden to number eight. And the way they do that, like Jarlaxle actually was hired by Hanet, and then Duerden like undercuts them, like basically, oh. like okay, like hey, like they're paying you this much to to join them. Uh, how about we pay you this much to turn on them? And that's exactly what they do. Which is, hmm. I mean, again, and Jarlaxle, you know, he's, I mean, he's a mercenary. That's that's what he does. So that's what they do. That's what they do. Um, however, one, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, when, when two houses, when a, one house attacks the other, there needs to be like no survivors. Right. Uh, and I said there there are some exceptions, and this is one. Um, so the matron mother of the first house, matron mm-hmm. Ben Ray, uh says that Cinefe, the uh matron mother of House Hanette, is mm-hmm. to join Duarden as quote as an eldest daughter. And so like they okay. she says, just say that she's your eldest daughter who left to study somewhere else and has recently come back to Menzo Berenson. Hmm. A little a little weird. So, but Cinefe is now part of House Duarden. So Dritz, on the other hand, has been surviving in the wilds of the Underdark this entire time, with his former house continuing to hunt him down in order to regain Loth's favor. So this entire time that they're fighting House Annette, Malice is like, we got to find Dritz. We got to bring him back. We got to kill him. And then we'll be able to finally, we'll get the favor back and we'll be able to win this war. 
but Dritz, you know, it proves hard to catch. Uh, one mm-hmm. such hunt ends with Dritz knocking out his brother Deenan and nearly killing his sister Breeza before Gwen Ivor stops him um, because Dritz has entered in what they what he calls the hunter persona, where it's almost like like completely instinctual. Like there's no regard, like you know, uh, there's no regard for how he feels about mm-hmm. the sanctity of life or like how he personal fears how how. He's against the drow way of living and the drow way mm-hmm. of thinking. The hunter persona is all, you know, more brutal than drow. And, you know, wow. he had made that vow that he would never kill another drow again. And so, you know, what's a good friend, you know, than right. someone who's going to stop you from Gotta... making dumb mistakes. It's true. That's, that's absolutely their job. And that's they what, signed up for. That's what Gwen Ivor does. Um, however, Malice is intent on bringing her wayward son back home and hatches a scheme to sacrifice the Doorden patron risen. Like the Doorden patron is essentially like the, the, as high as a male can get in drought right. society. That's, that's what that is. Um, so she's like, I'm going to sacrifice risen in order to gain enough favor to enact this plan that she has. And so they summon another Yakul, but instead, like at the last second, doesn't sacrifice Risen. Instead, Malice kills Sinefe. Oh. And so this deviousness actually is pleasing to the Yakul and gains Malice enough favor to perform Zinkarla, a spell okay. which reanimates a corpse. Oh. And so her plan is to perform Zincarla, resurrect Zacnafane, who will then hunt down and kill his son. Insult to in well to death to injury. <laughs> <laughs> it's insult to death, Thurvy. Goodness. So a, a little bit about Zincarla. This spell is a more advanced form of reanimation, right. where the reanimated corpse is not just simply a mindless zombie. In fact, um, retains all the capabilities it had while it was alive. And it's considered the highest gift of Loth, and it's very rarely granted. So Mm. this special sort of zombie is known as a spirit wraith and is bound to do a single task chosen by the person that reanimated it and also approved by Loth. So... In this case, the task is to hunt down Dritz. Uh, To give the corpse the abilities it had while it was alive, the spirit of the person who the corpse belonged to in life is called to inhabit the body, but is given very little control over the corpse's actions beyond the use of its abilities. So So they're just watching. Just a passenger. Essentially, kind of. like Think sort of like being John Malkovich. (laughs) okay okay and so but you know it's it's interesting that the spirit is is part of it because i mean the you know without the spirit is just you know this this body that it's just a corpse that's yeah that's it's just a corpse and so they you know want it to be able to do the things it did while it's living so that's why they have to incorporate the spirit into it but you know but it's given it says it's given very little control so it still has some control uh, for example, mm-hmm. a spirit wraith um, that is driven to do something against its old nature 
has a chance of breaking free of its control. Oh, okay. And only through the willpower and complete control of the caster are the spirit rate's desired skills kept separate from the unwanted memories and emotions. As long as that control is maintained, the spirit wraith cannot tire or be distracted from its task. So at this point, malice is completely physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. She's devoted to controlling the spirit wraith. Okay. Meanwhile, Dritz, for the second time, has come upon a group of uh, Snirfneblin, and this time decides to follow them to their home of Blingdenstone and surrenders himself to them very peacefully. And they're just completely, like, and utterly confused by this. They're like, ah, drow! Like, wait, what? He's not trying to kill us? Like, he's surrendering us to us? Like, what doesn't make any sense. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense to them until Dritz asks to speak to none other than Belwar Disengulp. Hmm. So the deep gnome, now with an enchanted pickaxe on one arm and a hammer on the other, you know, vouches for Dritz and convinces the other Snirfneblin that he is not like the other drow. He remembers that Dritz tried to... Was the one that saved his life. Yeah, he he, one saved his life uh, Mm -hmm. and two, like, you know, wasn't responsible for having his hands cut off. Um, so thus Dritz is allowed to stay in Blingdenstone, albeit they take his weapons, they take his armor, and they take the Onyx statuette, which calls forth Gwen Ivor. So all the while, the spirit wraith of Zacnafane is leaving a trail of death behind him as he searches for Dritz, uh, which the deep knowns of Blingdenstone become aware of. They Mm. purchase information from Jarl Axel, who informs them of you know what's causing this um well you know what's behind all this which forces the deep gnomes to cast dritz out in order right. to protect themselves again or very reasonable response like hey this yeah. thing is looking for you well then you need to get out of here because like you, you just this has got go. nothing to do with us because i don't want to be found in your place right however belwar being the kind of deep gnome that he is joins him he's like well if he's not welcome here i don't want to be here either i like him i like he's he's a great character this is, is actually my favorite of the three books of the trilogy Ooh. the two get into some shenanigans involving various creatures um, including surviving an attack from a human wizard before finding shelter which is uh, then invaded by a hook horror after a few days and dritz is about to kill it before he realizes that it's not a hook horror, but rather a peck, which is a earth elemental creature with large pupilless eyes. They kind of look like gnomes a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's a peck that's been transformed, likely through a uh, true polymorph or something similar, by a wizard known as Brister, Brister Fendlestick, which is the spellcaster that I mentioned earlier, the human wizard that um, that they survived an attack from. So as a result of the spell, the peck cannot remember uh, his true name or his past. So Dritz and Belwar name the creature Clacker because of the clacking sounds his his hooks make (laughs) and decide to assist in getting the wizard to reverse the spell. So they once again find the wizard 
And I put um, in quotes, convince him because it's like, they don't really convince him. They're like, Hey, do this or we're going to kill you. Uh, That sounds like a very convincing argument. Why should I? Because otherwise death, (laughs) you know what? You got a good point. I should totally do this. I enjoy living. So I'm going to do this. I think you're onto something there, friend. I'll do it. So he's going to change Clacker back. But before he's before he starts the spell, he curses Clacker under his breath. Clacker hears it. And in an, in an animalistic rage, Clacker kills Fendelstick. Oh. So now, like, we don't know. Like, no one's sure exactly who has this sort of spellcasting ability to change Clacker back into a peck. Right. But they, they, they're determined to figure out a way. Uh, soon after, in order to gain distance between themselves and Zacnafane, who is gaining ground on them, the three continue to travel and are attacked and imprisoned by a group of mind flayers. My gosh. It is the Underdark, after all. This is true. The Underdark is a terrifying place. Uh, Zacnafane comes upon this illithid settlement and kills a handful to make his way in, while Gwen Iver aids Tritz, Belwar, and Clacker in escaping. The spirit wraith confronts Dritz and they duel with Clacker stepping in to aid his friend. Mm-hmm. Dritz then agrees to return to Menzo Berenzen to find a spellcaster powerful enough to help Clacker. But unfortunately, he is Clacker oh. is killed by Zacnafane as they attempt to escape. Um, which, you know, it's that's why I love this book so much. The characters just like, you know, these characters that, that are introduced in this book, you know, and and Belwar is introduced in the first book, but he's really fleshed out in this one, his character. Right. Rather. Um, but like Clacker, you know, like the whole point is like he's becoming this uh, mindless beast. But he and, doesn't want to be, and that's not who he is. And even as far gone as he is, his last act is that of a friend, is that of, you know, of who he truly is, which is sacrificing himself for his friend. That's so sweet. It's, oh man, it's a great book. Um, so Dritz and Zacnafane duel once more. But meanwhile, back in Menzo Berenzen, Malice is completely drained from this constant control that she requires um, mm-hmm. of a spirit rate that she's been, you know, this has gone on several days now. And like the exhaustion I said, this, level's got to be creeping up there. Absolutely 100% correct. She loses control of Zacnafane at this time. And before she's able to regain it, Zacnafane explains what happens to Dritz and then jumps into a acid lake cavern. Oh. And the destruction of the spirit cause the spirit wraith causes psychic damage to Malice, who then is immediately killed by her daughter Breeza. Like, you know, so Breeza, much like um Deenan did in the first book, sees mm-hmm. his opportunity. Breeza sees her opportunity, takes it, kills her mother, becomes the page or becomes the matron matron mom matron mommy, uh, the matron (laughs) mother of House Tuerden in that moment. That's a different podcast. However, uh, matron Ben uh, has plotted against Mm -hmm. House Tuerden this entire time and uses a previously given gift of two hundred soldiers. Uh, to kill everyone except for Vierna. So Bainer is like, hey, we know you're going through some hard times. We want to be there for you too. Here's mm-hmm. 200 soldiers. And then at, 
you know, once they're inside the compound, it's like, you know, Trojan horse, absolutely Trojan horse, Trojan horse. I love it. And so they kill everyone except for Virna, who then becomes uh, a handmaiden for House Bainier. And then Deenan, he also is allowed to live. He joins Bregan Dayearth. You know, he joins up with Jarlaxle. Oh, okay. You know, save for those two and Dritz, technically, House Duarden is gone at this point in time. Uh, Dritz then accompanies Belwar back to Blingdenstone before taking his leave for the service or for the surface and awaiting his next adventure, which takes place in Sojourn, so the third book of the trilogy. What were you saying? Okay. So he's just he's just just doing so much. I'm tired listening to everything he's had to do. I mean, with. this is now he's like 40 at this point, so still a baby boy yeah i mean in the in the in uh on the drow like lifeline he's still a baby yeah so uh set a short while after the events of exile sojourn finds dritz living mountainside acclimating to life on the surface he encounters a group of gnolls who invite him to be an ally and he starts to join up with them not knowing that they have plans to raid a local farm and then kill and enslave the humans living living there, which uh, uh, understandably, you know, predictably, he he protests, yeah. uh, and uh, predictably the Shocking. the gnolls turn on him, and mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he and Gwen Ivor quickly dispatch the group, uh, realizing he knows little of the new world around him. I mean, he literally joined up with a band of murderous, you know thieves murder uh he decides to learn more about the surface and its inhabitants starting with the intended victims of this knoll raid so he goes down to that little village and he comes upon the children first seeing them innocently play without the obvious malice encountered in drow children at play like he sees sort of like um something you know uh like I can't remember exactly. I think they're like playing tag or something, or they're they're doing something where, you know, and Dritz really, you know, makes a point that like, oh, at this point, they would start fighting. Drouch kids will start fighting, but it's all but he's yep. like, oh, it's all part of this game. Like they're everyone's having fun. This is they're not like drow at all. This is awesome. Um They're not murdering <laughs> each other. These children are being kind that's and making a pretty friends. low bar. Are your kids murdering each other? No, I guess they're pretty good kids. Oh heck yeah, you're doing a good job. Those are some good kids. They're not. Killing. When he finally reveals himself, he tries unsuccessfully to communicate with and befriend the youngest boy, Liam, who freaks out at the sight of this dark elf. You know, I mean, you got to understand, like, you know, for the most part, I, I don't even want to say for the most part. Like just about everyone is terrified of drows and thinks of thinks the right. worst of them. They're absolutely super vilified for a long time for for fair reason. Right. I'm not saying it's not right. reasonable. I mean, like we've discussed two whole books full of like awful nefarious behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to you know tell him his name. He says you know he's saying Dritz, and this is where the Drizzit name comes up for the first time. The little boy, okay. you know, hears Dritz, says Drizzit. And so Drizzit is sort of like this um 
uh not like a it's like a moniker that that Dritz has, you know, for those and mm-hmm. he remembers it as, you know, as one that was created out of fear. Right. Uh so the village and so he so the little boy and, and his friends run off, the villagers decide to look for this drow and that group is headed up by a trapper named Roddy McGristle. Of course that's a trapper. <laughs> That is the most trapper name I have ever heard in my life. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, it's like, it's like the McGristle family. It's like, mm, there's not too much y'all can do. And then, the, then they named the the baby Roddy, and they're like, okay, well, this one's a trapper, obviously. Well, we know what he's gonna do when he grows up. Goodness. So, in the subsequent hunt, a quick lean, a uh, small like little sprite, working for Ooh. a barcast named Ulgulu. Uh, who was in fact pulling the strings of the gnolls um, that Dritz killed earlier that were trying to um, mm-hmm. raid the village. Ugulu was yes. pulling the strings of those gnolls. Um, and uh, Ugulu, like I said, he's a bar guest. They are uh, Lupin shapeshifter fiends who okay. come from the outer plane of Ganeha, or Gehenna, rather. This quickly exposes Dritz, you know, because... Mm-hmm. Um, He's like, hey, like this is the, the the dude that killed our gnolls. Like, screw this guy. Uh, which this right. this exposure leads to one of McGristle's dogs attacking the drow and being killed in the process. And Dritz also loses one of his scimitars during this whole scuffle. Oh. The quickling who is named Tefanus realizes, you know, that Dritz that is responsible for killing the knoll group and hatches a scheme. Uh, to frame him, he taking the form of a drow. Tefanus kills the entire family, like the little boy from before Liam kills him yeah. and his entire family with oh. the scimitar that Dritz had left behind in order to frame him. Like I said, the the books go hard. The books go hard in the paint. They just just oh, completely super hard in the paint. So, uh, Zero chill. Upon learning what had been done, Dritz swears revenge, partly out of grief and also because he feels somewhat responsible that you know for what he's for what has happened to this family. Right. An adventuring party from nearby Sundabar is composed and sent uh, to deal with the quote drow threat. It's headed by mm-hmm. a ranger and chosen of Mistra named Dove Falconhand. Uh, Dove, however, is more astute. Than, um, than, uh, and then a commoner. She's got a little better well, head and, on their shoulders and, there. And thankfully for for Dritz and you know for Dritz's sake, because studying the crime scene, she begins to believe that shenanigans are afoot. You know, she is familiar <laughs> with Drow and their you know unparalleled swordsmanship, and she's like you know she's like these, you know these uh these sword attack these sword wounds are. That is not done by you or by somebody that knew this right. weapon. Yeah. Uh, Dritz, meanwhile, has found Olgulu's lair, kills him, kills his brother, uh, battles a hill giant named Loggerbottoms. You love that name. I know you do. I I do. I just love a silly name. <laughs> a hill giant named Loggerbottoms. Um, uh, the hill giant's also killed, but Dritz is injured during this encounter. Uh, Dritz confronts one of Falconhand's party, an elf named Kellendell, 
but is unable to convince mm-hmm. Kellendale of his good intentions. It's only until the drow helps the party, his pursuers, during a stone giant ambush. And this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like instead of this, you know, using this to escape, Dritz helps them. And this coupled with um Falconhand's previous suspicions, uh, this is enough yeah. to uh convince them that Dritz is not like his kids. He's not like right? the others. And they let him go after tending his wounds. McGristle still, you know, it's still a little raw about (laughs) losing his dog. Also still wants that 2000 gold piece bounty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so has not forgotten about Dritz at all. Uh, Dritz, meanwhile, holds up mountainside for the winter and actually gets some unknown assistance from Kellendale. Like Kellendale, like uh, sort of like... um, I was going to say supplies him with supplies, you know, gets him like, you know, firewood and stuff like that. Um, it's me. Here I am. Supplies. <laughs> and when the spring returns, Dritz explores the other side of the river and runs afoul of the Orc King Grawl. He is aided in this fight by Montolio de Bruche, the blind ranger of Maliki. After this, uh, Montolio or Munshi, as he is better known, takes Dritz under mm-hmm. his wing you know, so to speak, and teaches him uh, common for one, but also the ways of the ranger and those of Maliki, goddess of the forest. And so this is where Dritz the ranger begins to, you know, formulate. Okay. Uh, Dritz also comes to terms with the guilt he feels over the murder of the family several months back. McGristle, of course, tracks Dritz to Mushi's Grove, uh, as it's known, but the blind ranger lies to him to protect Dritz and sends McGristle on a wild goose chase. So who else comes back? Tephanus, the quickling, returns to alert McGristle of Mushi's deception and enters into an alliance with Grawl. Um, and then, uh, no, then the trapper, the quickling, and mm-hmm. Grawl, the orc king, all form mm-hmm. an alliance to finally capture and kill Dritz. The Battle of Mushi's Grove takes place, and you know, long story short, good guys win. Uh, Kellendale shows up with some of his cousins to help out, and afterwards, they take McGristle back to Sunderbar to be tried for various crimes. Nice. Um, however, Tephanus helps McGristle escape, and the strangler or the strangler. Well, yeah, he becomes a strangler by strangling Kellendale to death. Gosh. And is like just dead set on getting Dritz, you know. McGristle the Strangler sounds terrifying, <laughs> by the way. Just, uh, Tephanus, you know, is has had enough. He's like, look, we, we've tangled with this drow several times, and each time we come out on the losing end, like, we need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, like, or like, he's like, look, and so he tells McGristle, like, hey, like, you're trying to kill a drow that's already dead. Like he was killed by a warg at at the previous battle. Like you just didn't know about it. Like he's oh, yeah. he's gone. Like no need to go back. Um, and so you know they go off on their on their merry way, and soon after Mushi dies of natural causes, and Dritz fills a promise that he had made earlier to leave the grove and discover the world. So Mushi knows that Dritz it would be very content to stay in Mushi's Grove forever. But he's like, no, right. like you need to go out and you need to, you need to 
the world needs you. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. So uh, Dritz wanders north and is chased away from one town after another. Um, but he feels the goddess Maliki is guiding his way. And so he doesn't take that rejection to heart. Yeah. Six years pass and McGristle hears rumors of a dark elf you know, walking on the surface and wandering from city to city. And he realizes that Tephanus has lied to him. He actually throws the the sprite in a bag and smashes it against the wall, killing him. Oh, good <laughs> I know, I know. It's yeah. Uh, so and he begins his hunt anew. Uh, by this point, Dritz has taken up with the Weeping Friars, a group of beggars and religious zealots who believe that the more they suffer, the more that they suffer, the less the world has to endure. Okay. I don't think that's how it works, but all right. Oh, I I, I, I kind of got a little ahead of myself. Uh, uh, McGristle has not killed Tephanus at this point. At this point, like they, you know, they're oh, still, okay. they're still trying to hunt down the drow. Uh, it's actually Tephanus who manages to trap the friars and Dritz in the lair of a red dragon, the red dragon he- uh, Hephaestus. Hephaestus, I'm sorry, Hephaestus. And only mm-hmm, Dritz's mm-hmm. quick thinking and tricking the red dragon into thinking that he's actually, that, that Dritz himself was actually the black dragon, Mergen, Mergen de Vinisander, uh cursed by a spell to take this form, which allowed them to escape because Dritz remembered like from lore that this black dragon had lavender eyes, which Dritz has lavender eyes, which is um, oh. which is unique amongst Drow. And so the the red dragon uh, Hephaestus, you know, says like, "Oh yeah, like you're my black dragon brethren." Like the Greek god of fire. Yeah, well, he's and so he's he's known for his yeah, fire breath. That makes sense. And I like it. Uh, Dritz realizes that when he when Hephaestus. Yeah, uses his uh, fire breath. He closes his eyes, and so is able to kind of goad him into like the biggest fire breath ever, so that he can close his eyes mm-hmm. and the weeping friars can escape. And then Dritz eventually escapes uh, on his own. Um, and from here, Dritz has heads to Ten Towns in Icewind Dale on the suggestion of one of the friars. Mm. It's at this point that McGristle catches up with the monks, uh, and Tefan is. That's when he actually. Uh, when he acts, Tephanus accidentally spills the beans that they were responsible for trapping them in the dragon's lair. And this is when okay. McGristle brutally kills Tephanus by trapping him in a bag and slamming him against the wall. Um, and then goes on to torture the weeping friars for information before killing them as well. He's just super He's pleasant. He's the worst. He's absolutely, yeah. He- yeah. Uh I I sort of like in in reading this I envisioned the scene from uh from Fellowship of the Ring where they're torturing Gollum mm-hmm. for information and he just yells out mm-hmm. like, you know, Shire Baggins. I just mm-hmm. remember like I, I imagine one of the friars saying, you know, Dritz, ten towns. Yes. Um probably how I would have. So Dritz shows up the ten towns, but he's not allowed in. Um, by the spokesman mm-hmm. for Bryn Shander, whose name is Cassius, um, because obviously because he's a drow, right? Um, yep. But he instead advises him to like, hey, just chill out on the northern slopes of Kelvin's Carn, which is like a mountain, um, 
like a mountain um, formation close right. by and sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, win the win the people over by sort of protecting them, like sort of acting as a scout and, and protecting them from harm. And that'll be a way for them right. to, to see that you you're actually a good guy. And mm-hmm. so it's here that Dritz meets Caterbury, the adopted daughter, the adopted human daughter of Bruner Battlehammer, the dwarf, uh, who also meets Drow, uh, meets the Drow after a battle with a polar worm. Uh, Bruner doesn't believe that Dritz is a threat, but also doesn't want his adopted daughter continuing to meet with him. Eventually, right. McGristle shows up to tell everyone that Dritz is responsible for the murder of an entire family. Which Bruner finds hard to believe. I mean, he, like you said, like he he doesn't believe he's dangerous. He just doesn't, you know. He's like he's a father. He doesn't want his kid getting into anything that might, you know, get her. Right. I don't think that you're a problem, but you are what right. you are. And so, but he's like, I don't believe that. I mean, he did, you know, he's posed no threats to us so far, and in fact, helped me against this polar worm. Um. Right. You know, he finds it hard to believe. You know, considering even just like the little bit he knows of Tritz. Uh, Caterbury defies her father and seeks out Dritz to find out the truth and ends up getting captured mm-hmm. by McGristle, who reveals yeah, he doesn't care about that family's memory. He doesn't even care about the brown uh the, the bounty that's owed on Dritz's head. He just wants revenge. They fight, hmm. they battle. Dritz convince tries to convince the trappers several times to stop. He's like, hey, like you're not gonna win this fight. Uh, and then finally he's able to knock him unconscious. And he's pretty much, McGristle's run out of town on rail, pretty much. And Bruner offers Dritz a place in Ten Towns. And the trilogy ends with this great line. Dritz surmised one phrase clearly. Words he had waited so many years to hear. Welcome home. And that is the Dark Elf trilogy. That is so much. It's, yeah so much to it's, process it's a lot of fun it's and if you if you have read the books i hope that you know this little synopsis was a fun you know trip down memory lane if you haven't read the mm-hmm, books mm-hmm. and you think that you know there's no need because you already know knows you already know what happens definitely i still recommend definitely checking them out there are a lot you know like i said it's three books condensed into about an hour i definitely recommend reading them they're a lot of fun absolutely i have not yet read them but it's on the list you should definitely check them out for sure Mm -hmm. well uh i think i think that pretty much wraps us up for this week that's uh that's a lot to digest if you uh if you have any questions or have any uh if anything was unclear about the about the synopsis like I said, you, uh, mm-hmm. hit us up on Twitter at D&D Lorecast. Yes. Uh, email D&D Lorecast at gmail.com or on the Robots Radio Network Discord. All those links are in the show notes. That's where we'll be. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Sergio. And I'm Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening. 
listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.